Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This nationwide keyword at KNRS.com. Summer. That's summer. Enter it now. Listen and you'll know. First of all, if you haven't heard this yet, I love this. Rod Arquette on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. You know, as I uh, as I sat here waiting for the uh, show to begin, just off the top of my head, I was trying to list everything that we have had shortages of during the pandemic. I mean, and the easy one, of course, is toilet paper. Remember, I never understood that. I guess you do need toilet paper, don't we? But that started with the pandemic first surfaced back in March of last year. So we had a run on toilet paper. And I think at my home now, we have a 10-year supply of toilet paper, thanks to my wife. Um, And then you had a shortage of cleaning products. And along with that, you had a shortage of paper towels, right? And during the past, what, year to 14 months, we've had shortages of beef. Remember, you know, there was a concern about enough beef going around. Uh, Generally, groceries, some of the groceries in the stores, um, for a while, I don't know about you, but we drink Diet Coke at my home. Not all of us. My wife's not a soda drinker, but unfortunately I am. You couldn't find a uh, those big cases that you get at Costco or Sam's Club, the 35 can jobbies. Uh, you couldn't find Diet Coke for some reason. Get every other can of uh, kind of soft drink. You couldn't find Diet Coke. Um, uh, what else was it? I mean, you couldn't, uh, at the beginning, you couldn't find a good mask. Because there were runs on those KN95 masks that everyone was trying to get a hold of. Um, so, there, you know, if you think about the list of things that uh, there was a shortage of at the beginning of the pandemic and during the past year, uh, it's pretty amazing. Now, it's nothing like what happened in World War II. I wasn't alive during then, but you talked to, like, I would talk to my parents and uh, Cindy's parents, uh, you know, there, there were gas shortages, chocolate shortages, nylon shortages, so many shortages during World War II as we fought against Nazi Germany and Japan. Um, but we still have shortages. Well, now we get this one. Here's your, your latest shortage. You better get ready for this one, folks. A chicken shortage. Um, chicken lovers are going to have to apparently wing it, so to speak, through the uh, great poultry crisis of 2021, America's biggest fast food companies reporting earnings this week, and executives from KFC to Wingstop have stressed a very dire situa- situation that there's just not enough chicken to go around right now. I mean, we're all eating these chicken sandwiches anymore, and apparently that is putting a, uh, a real stress on the chickens out there. There is a meat processing slowdown as well caused by pandemic safety measures along with a surge in demand for the chicken sandwiches and also a shortage of workers we are paying people too much not to work and they don't want to come to work anymore and uh the uh, chicken processing plants around the country are having a difficult time so after everything we put up with in the past year all of a sudden now we have a chicken shortage 
We'll, we'll make it, folks. Honest. We'll make it. How are you, everybody? Hello, Utah. Welcome to the Rod Arquette Show. It is Friday. Thank Rod. It's Friday. We love Friday. And, of course, we'll open up the phones to you in the 5 o'clock hour and let you talk about whatever you want to talk about tonight. But we've got a jam-packed show again, and we invite you to stay with us. Oh, by the way, I wanted to mention this as well. Abby had it in her newscast a moment ago that uh, Disneyland is back open. They allowed a certain number of people to come to Disneyland today. About 10,000 of the employees were back. They have been shut down for more than a year. Some 30,000 employees have been on furlough for a year, but Disneyland is coming back. But the Transportation Safety Administration announced today that masks, we all love them, will continue to be required on all transportation modes at least through mid-September. So if you're planning on flying this year, uh, going somewhere, you are going to have to wear a mask. Now, I don't know about you, but I hate the darn things. And uh, as you're aware, we were off, I was on vacation a couple of weeks ago, and we flew to Hawaii. So from the moment we entered the airport, getting on the plane, flying to Hawaii, getting off the plane, going and getting the rental car, and before we could get in the rental car, we wore a mask all the time. That's about eight, eight or nine straight hours of wearing a mask. And let me tell you what, folks, those things are just uncomfortable. And as the summer, as it heats up this summer, as it gets warm, during the winter, okay, that's fine. But when it gets hot out there, those masks are just awful. But TSA says you're going to have to wear them now until mid-September. Just want to give you that information. All right. Like I said, we've got a lot to do, uh, a lot to get to, but I want to start off today uh, and talk about Joe Biden and what he said this morning on the Today Show uh, to mark his 100th day in office, 101 now. Uh, he went on the Today Show and decided to do a uh, interview with a very friendly network. They aren't going to ask him any tough questions whatsoever. But right off the bat today, Joe Biden, here he is again, blaming everything on the border on guess who? <laughs> yep, you're right, Donald Trump. Didn't take him very long to do it. And he says it was Donald Trump's fault that there was a huge surge at the border this past year because the administration was prepared. Well, he forgot to bring up the fact that he basically invited everybody to come. And it didn't matter how they got here, just come on. But he mentioned that today. Listen to what he said during this interview this morning on the Today Show and about the immigration crisis right now. Here, look, here's what happened, Craig. The failure to have a real transition... The two departments that didn't give us access to virtually anything were the immigration and the defense department. So we didn't find out they had fired a whole lot of people, that they were understaffed considerably. But in April alone, Mr. President, 170,000 people, migrants, apprehended at the border. It's a 20-year record. There are 22,000 unaccompanied children in our country right now. That's a, that, that's a record. That sounds to most folks like a crisis. Well, look, it's way down now. We've now gotten control. For example, we have, they didn't plan for, which it comes every year, this flow, whether it's 22,000 or 10,000. They didn't have the beds that were available. They didn't plan for the overflow. They didn't plan for the Department of Health and Human Services to have places to take the kid from, from the uh, border Patrol and put, put them in beds where there was security and there were people that could take care of them. They, the administration, the Trump administration didn't plan on it because they weren't expecting it. You know, Donald Trump didn't stand in uh, some podium somewhere in the United States looking at the Central American country saying, hey, come on, we'll take, we'll take it. Donald Trump didn't do that. 
He says, you can come, but you're going to be turned around and you're going to have to wait to come into this country. Joe Biden didn't do that. And that's why everybody came. Now, there was a there, there are a lot of topics were discussed with Biden today. The other one, well, there are two others I want to bring up. First of all, Tim Scott, the uh, junior senator from South Carolina, continues to get a, a lot of attention for the rebuttal uh, comments that he made to Joe Biden's speech to Congress on Wednesday night. In there, a lot of people are saying, wait a minute, you know, after the Derek Chauvin uh, verdict two weeks ago, Joe Biden basically said Americans are racist. Well, he was asked that today if, in fact, he does think that America is a racist country. No, I don't think the American people are racist. But I think after 400 years, African-Americans have been left in a position where they are so far behind the eight ball in terms of education, health, in terms of opportunity. I don't think people are saying, say, I don't want any black person around me or living next to me. I think it's that what's happened is there used to be laws that said a black person couldn't live in that neighborhood. I, I don't think America's racist, but I think the, the overhang from all of the Jim Crow and before that slavery have, have had a cost, and we have to deal with it. Okay, so we aren't, we aren't racist now. I'm glad to see the president say that. Now, the final comment, he was asked about wearing a mask. Now, he announced a couple of days ago that the CDC has now said that if you're vaccinated, you go outside, you don't have to wear a mask. But we continue to see him do so. As a matter of fact, he was in Georgia yesterday. He was in Pennsylvania today, and he was wearing a mask again outside. He lost it for a few minutes yesterday in Georgia and about panicked. Well, the NBC Today Show host asked him about mask wearing and why he continues to do so. CDC guidance this week about outdoor mask wearing. Yeah. A lot of folks excited that they can now shed these masks if they've been double vaccinated. Um, are, are you going to be one of these folks now? We're no longer going to see the president of the United States outside with a mask on? Sure. Sure. I mean, but what I'm going to do, though, because the likelihood of my being able to be outside and people not come up to me is not very, very high. So it's like, look, you and I took our masks off when I came in because look at the distance we are. But if we were, in fact, sitting there talking to one another close, I'd have my mask on and I met you'd have a mask, even though we've both been vaccinated. And so it's it's, it's a small precaution to take that has a profound impact it's a patriotic responsibility for god's sake it's making sure that your wife your children your if you if in fact they haven't been vaccinated making sure that they're not going to get sick it's your patriotic duty to wear a mask you just want to put your hand over your heart and listen to what uncle joe just told us so that we can carry on and keep everybody safe in this country okay all right now when we come back very interesting article about Utah Governor Spencer Cox today that someone made me aware of, and we'll talk with the author of the article and what he is saying about Utah's governor. It's not very kind. That's coming up next. But don't take our word for it. Listen to Luna Talks with Anna Paulina every Friday on iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Brain fog. Insomnia. 
moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Blue Doobie Brothers music for you this afternoon out of the uh, bumper music rotation right here on the Rod Arquette Show in Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Welcome to uh, Thank Rod, It's Friday. We'll get to your phone calls coming up in the uh, 5 o'clock hour tonight. Before I get to my next guest, you know, there, there are several governors around this country right now who I think are doing a wonderful job. Ron DeSantis comes to mind. The governor in Mississippi, uh, Tate Reeves. You've got Christy Nome in uh, South Dakota, who I think is doing a wonderful job. And today, um, she announced that the uh, state of South Dakota is suing the Biden administration after it canceled the Independence Day fireworks celebration at Mount Rushmore. Remember, it was last year that South Dakota hosted the fireworks on display for the first time since 2009. Donald Trump was there. There were, you know, people were saying, wait a minute, you got social distance. You got to wear a mask. Nobody did. Nobody came down sick. But the uh, Biden administration is saying because of COVID-19 concerns and because of tribal concerns and because of uh, other issues, the park is not going to allow fireworks at Mount Rushmore this year. And uh, Christy Noem said, uh-uh, not that far. We aren't going there yet. And she has decided to take the administration to court. Now, this Saturday... Uh, tomorrow, as a matter of fact, Republicans will gather for their annual state convention. There are no races this year, but they will select new party leadership. Now, we have a governor who's been in office since the 1st of January. How is he doing? There are some who like what he's doing. Others say, wait a minute, you know, we wish we had a stronger governor at time. One of those saying that is Jared Whiteley. He is a principal at Whiteley Political Media. He wrote an article in Newsmax and basically compared Spencer Cox to Utah, called him Utah's Neville Chamberlain. Ouch, Jared, that's a shot. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, you think that's a shot? i got to be honest. I think I was going easy on him. Oh, really? Really? <laughs> well, let's talk about this. Why did you characterize him, or why do you think he is Utah's version of Neville Chamberlain? Okay, so Neville Chamberlain is famous in world history for having made a deal with Adolf Hitler that he thought would provide peace in our time, right? That was his quote, is peace in our time. Uh, he saw this terrible villain that wanted to control everything, and he said, well, maybe I can deal with this guy. And instead of fighting head-on, he compromised and he caved, and eventually it took a real leader in the form of Winston Churchill to come in and actually fight the National Socialists who wanted to destroy their way of life. 
And so we're in a similar circumstance now where the cult of woke demands absolute power over everything, right? I mean, not allowing, um, like you just talked about fireworks on the 4th of July, that's like the kind of thing uh, that a, a James Bond villain would do. That is pure evil. There is no need to do it except for spite and hatred of, of Americans, to be perfectly honest. And I'm glad there are so many patriots around the country who are standing up to it, standing up to the quote-unquote Biden administration. Um, I am sad that spineless Spencer Cox is not one of them. What would you like him to do, Jared? How would you how would you like to see him stand up, maybe stand up more against Joe Biden in the Democratic administration? Okay, well, I thought I saw this week that Idaho had banned critical race. Theory. Yes, they have. Yes, they have. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, let's do that. Right? Wokeness is not a political philosophy. It's not like a better version of liberalism or something. It is a religion, right? It is a primitive religion that demands absolute control over everything. And I want the First Amendment to protect me from it. Um, so, you, so let's, yeah. let's start there. Let's start there. All right. What other areas would you like to see him? Now, he has challenged the administration on its consideration of expanding Bears Ears again in Grand Staircase National Monument. Is that what you okay. would like to see him do more of? That That's delightful. I love seeing that. That's something that, and, you know, Rob Bishop is the subject matter expert on this. It's just sickening is how much states that are west of the Mississippi are not owned by those states, right? So little of Utah is actually in command of the people of Utah and their elected representatives. So anything that pushes back on that is good. But we're, we're looking at, I mean, the Biden administration has churned out more executive orders faster than any other administration since FDR, right? Um, the, some of them are unconstitutional. Most of them are immoral. We're talking about a, a president who said there's no amendment to the Constitution that's, that's sacrosanct, that can't be repealed. And I'm like, wait, what? There's only been one, there's only been one amendment repealed in 230 years of our history. Do you, know, do you know what that amendment was? No. Oh, yeah, well, was, yeah, prohibition, yeah. Prohibition, exactly. The one amendment that restricted freedoms rather than protecting them is the one that got repealed. Uh, but Biden administration, the Biden administration and whoever his puppet masters are don't want to stop there. They want, they will not be satisfied until they are in control of absolutely every part of our, of our lives. They'll never stop. They'll never be placated. They'll never say, oh, well, that's enough. The, the only way we can give the resistance that we need to is with strong state leadership. Jaron, I get yeah. I, 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 let me ask so you this. Yeah, I, I get a sense that that Spencer Cox is trying to be a different politician, um, and we notice that during the campaign that he's trying to be, I guess you would say, more gentle or more open to a discussion of ideas. I mean, he cut that national spot with his Democratic opponent, saying, you know, in the race for governor, that they're all going to, you know, uh, be nice to each other. And this is the state, you know, as you write, the unique gentleness of Utah politics politics has allowed him to sneak into office. Do you think Utah Republicans and Utah voters want a more gentle politician, someone like Spencer Cox? Uh, I think a lot of moderate Republican voters didn't really realize what they were getting, right? I have some friends who live in rural Utah who saw his ads about, oh, this is a small-town guy who loves farmers. Yeah, of course I'm going to support him. They They didn't see a guy who advertised I'm going to encourage gender dysmorphia in underage 
children, right? Because that's what he's doing, but that is that what he ran on? Did he put up billboards that said that? Did he put up billboards that said, I'm going to encourage racial discrimination from the Utah Jazz? No, but that's what he's doing. We did not get what we were billed. And, and the thing is, I look at this guy and think, he, 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 a weak man like Spineless Spencer, I don't think he has any core beliefs, right? What, did, what does he stand for? I think he likes getting headlines. I think he likes it when the Salt Lake Tribune is nice to him. I don't think he wakes up every morning and says, I'm going to fight for the people who put me in office. All right, Jared, great conversation. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. All right, on our Newsmaker line, that's Jared Whiteley. He is a principal at Whiteley Political Media, writing an article today, and it was in Newsmax. Someone pointed it out to me, uh, basically, in which he characterizes Governor Spencer Cox as Utah's Neville Chamberlain, saying he needs to stand up for more of the principles in what he believes in and the gentle demeanor of Spencer Cox. And he is a very nice man uh, with a wonderful family. But, you know... In a way, I agree with Jared because I wish he would stand up more to what's going on in this country. I mean, the transgender bill. We had an opportunity here in the state of Utah to pass it, and he got involved in it, didn't get passed. He talked to Jared Minchin, and we'll talk about this a little bit later on in the show. More and more states are voting to keep the critical theory, critical race theory, out of curriculum in our schools. I wish Utah would do the same thing, and I would look to Spencer Cox to lead that effort. All right, we'll talk about this more in the 5 o'clock hour. 263-7777. Or to learn more, visit revivemenshealth.com. Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. All right, welcome to Think Rod. It's Friday here on Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listening, you'll know we'll open up the phones to you for the entire 5 o'clock hour to uh, talk about whatever is on your mind. I I don't know how many of you have heard or have seen... um, this video that was put together by a police officer in Idaho. And the police officer was mocking LeBron James. Remember at LeBron James, after the uh, shooting of the girl who was stabbing a friend in Cleveland came out and, and condemned the officer and said, you're next, baby. You know, referring to the officer that uh, uh, people are going to come get him, which was way out of line, and he quickly took it off, but everybody remembered it. Well, an Idaho police officer decided to have a little fun with this, and now he's been suspended. I'm going to let you hear what he had to say coming up in the 5 o'clock hour and get your reaction to that. And I want to get your reaction to what Jared Whiteley, who we just had on the show, claiming that uh, Spencer Cox, our relatively new governor now, is Utah's version of Neville Chamberlain. Ouch. We'll talk about that coming up as well. But right now, if you own a business out there, how difficult is it right now for you to find employees. It is a real, real difficult job, even here in the state of Utah. Mark Nold, who is chief economist at the Utah Department of Workforce Services, is joining us on our Newsmaker line to talk about this. Mark, we hear stories all around the country. I mean, there was a story out of Tampa the other day in which a McDonald's was offering people $50 just to show up for the interview. Nobody showed up. They didn't do any of the interviews. Money being given away. What's going on here in Utah, Mark? Yes, we are hearing the same thing from the employers and the employer community. Um, we do have a 2.9% unemployment rate, which obviously is 
a low unemployment rate. Uh, a lot of that lowness was driven by um, re-employing people who had lost their jobs during the um, economic setback. But there's also some additional push that makes that go lower. It's actually people who are leaving the labor force or walking away from it for various reasons. Um, you can make some estimations as to why there are people that are afraid of working in certain environments, getting the fear of being infected. Um, it may be low-wage jobs, and it's just not worth their risk, so to speak. There's also uh, people who have walked away for the need to take care of their young children while they're um, out of school without having you know, the physical sending your children to school. They had to be at home, so that was a factor. And then the other one, large thing, would be maybe the backstop of the federal unemployment benefits. They have been um, rather generous in this time period. And so those factors come together to make um, people look at the labor force and make some decisions of either I get a job and I find a job, or maybe it's um, circumstances are such that I need to go sit on the sidelines for a little bit. Mark, you mentioned the backstop with the unemployment numbers. I mean, what is the difference between, let's say, a year, even two years ago, if you were unemployed, the amount of money you would be getting back then compared to what you would be getting now? Is there a significant difference? Yes, there is. Um, there was a, actually a very significant difference when it came to um, right out of the gate with COVID. People would come in and file for state unemployment benefits, and that would be based upon your recent work history as to whether you were eligible and how much you would get. And then on top of that, the federal government was giving an extra $600 sight unseen. You know, it wasn't even mm -hmm. based upon mm -hmm. what kind of job or the amount of income you had before that. Um, it's down lower, it's around three or $400 now in terms of what is being given out in terms of the unemployment benefits. But they were needed at that time. You had a large amount of people who, and this um, really was, the job losses hit disproportionately in the economy. It, it really hit the lower income aspects of the economy. So they didn't have resources of their own to fall back on. So they needed this support. Um, it was injected into the economy at that time. Um, that was with all the job loss. Now that jobs have come back and so on, the, uh, the benefits are still there. They're um, not, again, to the extent they were right out of the gate, but they are built to um, go all the way through September of this year. Typically, what would someone make right now under unemployment on a monthly basis? On average, Mark, because there may be some a little bit higher, some a little bit lower, but on average, what would an unemployed person be making in Utah right now through state unemployment and federal unemployment benefits? Um, you know, I don't have the answer to that, to be honest with you. Some other folks in our office would be better at that, but I, offhand, I don't know. Okay. Now, let's talk about the jobs that are open. Are these jobs that are coming back? There are already jobs there. They're coming back. Or are these new jobs being created, Mark? It's both. Oh, okay. Um, you have a combination of new jobs being created and jobs coming back to life. Um, when the economy... Again, when COVID hit, we were at full employment, 2.5% mm -hmm. unemployment. I don't think we could go lower than that. Um, the labor force participation rate was maxed out. The employment to population ratio was maxed out. You need those three factors at their maximums to um, create what we call a full employment economy. We have the low unemployment rate now, but we don't have the uh, full participation or the full employment ratios that it would take to call it full employment. But you can take the economy and, and segment it all the way from 
high education, high paying jobs all the way down to low paying and low education jobs. And you can kind of break that economy in half and say the bottom half is the one that really got hit um, and had the job losses. The upper parts of the economy oftentimes never even missed a step, never even missed a beat. They were already in a full employment economy. They're already in a tight labor market and trying to find labor. COVID hits and not a whole lot changed for them. Yes, the lower segments of the economy did lose the jobs, and they're working their way back. But again, that um, some of that federal backstop and some of the other decisions that I had spoken about in terms of um, the economy is probably playing out much harder in those lower segments than the upper segments. So the combinations of the two are what's really putting on a tight labor market. And it, it seems really um, intuit or counterintuitive when you're dealing with large amount of job losses and shutdowns over the last year, but yet having trouble finding labor now in an, in an environment like this. It seems um, like your common sense says those two things don't seem to want to go together. <laughs> Mark, we're entering a very, very busy season, especially for the outdoor recreation industry, where you've got parks opening up, you've got amusement parks opening up now. Uh, are uh, What are you hearing from those sectors of the economy? Are they having trouble finding people as well, Mark? Um, once they aren't having as much trouble, especially if you're going to get out into the rural Utah economies where you don't have as many um, other options to go find work in. If you had lost a job in a certain area in rural economies, there isn't a, a plethora of jobs off on another industry sector to go and uh, find employment. In. And the southern Utah economy and the tourism and stuff actually really did well in the late summer and through the fall and the winter. Um, along the Wasatch Front, you have, again, more options for diversity that people can go find work in. Um, so it's going to take a little while for, I, I would say it's probably going to be harder to reemploy people in the urban areas than mm-hmm. it would be in the rural communities just because of the, the diversity of opportunities. All right. If somebody came up to you today, Mark, said, I'm unemployed, I want to find a job, and I can't find one, what would you tell them, Mark? <laughs> 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 well, I tell them to that they really shouldn't have too hard of a time looking because the employer community is out there and it really is looking for workers. It's um, uh, just be diligent in what you do. Um, Another thing we always have to kind of keep in mind is if you do lose your jobs in a low um, skill set area, if that's what you have and bring to the table, just because another part of the economy with higher skill sets is booming, uh, doesn't mean I can just walk over there and get a job. You know, I have to bring a skill set along with it. So it's easier for higher skilled workers to fall backwards to fill in the gap and, and work their way back up versus those who are um, trying to um, build up their skill sets or don't have the great depth of a skill set. They can't just walk up the, the ladder, so to speak, and find some of these job opportunities. But across the board, though, the employer community is um, reaching out and is um, speaking really across the board that's finding um, various degrees of needing workers. And so just if you're really serious about it, be diligent, do your homework, and um, check the various sources and uh, ask yourself how hard you really want the job. 
Good advice. Mark Knoll, Chief Economist at the Utah Department of Workforce Services, talking about Utah businesses struggling to find the needed workers. The Rod Arquette Show continues here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know. You know, I got a note the other day from Mike Wilson at Any Hour Services with some great tips on your air conditioner. Now, temperatures are going to start going up. We've already had our air conditioner on once. The back of our home, where we spend most of our time, tends to get very warm once the sun comes up and it gets a little warmer. Well, you know, we may hit some temperatures this weekend that are hot again, and you may be turning on that air conditioner for the first time. So Mike has offered me a few suggestions to share with you today. The first thing he says that you want to do is to go outside Take a look at your your air conditioner and make sure it's uncovered and not blocked by anything. Some people put the cover on for the winter and they forget to take it off and wonder why their air conditioner isn't working. Next, he says, go to your thermostat. Make sure it is set to auto or cool and then turn the temperature down far enough to kick the air conditioner on. Then, he says, go back outside and make sure the unit's running. Then go back inside and make sure you feel cool air coming out of the vents. And he says, let it run for about 15 or 20 minutes just to get the compressor running and parts lubricated. Great advice from Mike. And if you've got any challenges with either your furnace or your air conditioner right now, I suggest you reach out to Any Hour Services. They're a great, great company. They service electrical, plumbing, heating, and air conditioning. And they serve a wide area of the Wasatch Front. All you do is have to go to their website at anyhourservices.com. Way, Mesquite is excited to welcome you. Plan your trip today at visitmesquite.com. It's the Arquette Show here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know, don't forget, coming up in the uh, 5 o'clock hour, uh, it is Thank God It's Friday. Well, that's when we open up the phones to you and let you weigh in on whatever is on your mind tonight. I'm also going to play the audio from this uh, Idaho police officer who decided he was going to have a little fun with LeBron James. He mocked LeBron James in a viral video, and as a result of that, was suspended after complaints were filed against the officer. There was a GoFundMe uh, page set up, and that page has now raised more than $75,000 for this officer to help pay, provide him pay while he's been suspended. Uh, he doesn't need all that money. He'll he'll give it to a charity. But we'll let you hear what he did and get your reaction to it. And we'll talk about also that a conversation I had just a short time ago with Jared Whiteley, a political commentator, about the feelings that he has toward Utah Governor Spencer Cox. He thinks he's Utah's version of Neville Chamberlain. We'll talk about that and get your reaction to that as well in the uh, in the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, a couple of things. Abby mentioned this. Disneyland back open today. Some people are hoping that it is the first sign, possibly, that California will reopen after the virus closed it for an unprecedented 13 months. Uh, for now, the park is allowing only in-state visitors and operating at a very limited capacity. They generally employ about 35,000 people. Right now, it's only about 10,000. The other 25,000 are still on a furlough. But a lot of people are hoping this is the first step, and maybe if things go well, gradually the park will be reopened sometime this summer or no later than the fall. And did you hear the story out of... Uh, 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Where is that? I believe it's North Carolina. Um... As Shakespeare wrote King Lear during a bubonic plague outbreak, so did this young genius nab not one but two degrees at warp speed during the pandemic. His name is Michael Wimmer. He is from North Carolina. He's just 12 12 years old. But on May 1st, he is set to graduate from a community college, followed by his graduation from a high school in a week later. College degree and a high school degree. Within a week. Pretty amazing. All right. Thank God it's Friday. This nationwide keyword at KNRS.com. Trip. That's trip. Enter it now. We are live, we are local, and, of course, we are everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. How are you, everybody? Welcome back. Second hour of the Rod Arquette Show with you on this Thank Rod is Friday, and it is the 5 o'clock hour, and you know what that means. If you're a longtime listener to the show, we open up the phones to you and let you talk about whatever is on your mind tonight. 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010, or on your cell phone, all you do is have to buy, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, now... Before we get to your calls and kind of a, like a little review of what we've done this week, there are a couple of stories I want to share with you uh, today that I found interesting. Maybe we'll get your comment on that as well. Um, police and other law enforcement um, agencies around the country uh, are, are more popular than President Joe Biden right now. That's according to a new poll. So police and law enforcement is much more popular than Joe Biden is right now. An NBC News survey published on Thursday shows that the president right now is trailing behind law enforcement in popularity by almost 10 points. Uh, The police and other law enforcement agencies garnered a popularity rating of 58%, outdistancing Joe Biden's mark of 50%. Now, here's here's what's interesting as well. I think the poll also showed that Major League Baseball trailing well behind both police and Biden. 34% Major League Baseball faced intense 
backlash over its decision to move its annual All-Star game from Atlanta to Denver due to Georgia's recently passed election law. Kind of interesting in that in that uh, recent survey. Now, an Idaho police officer, he's from, uh, where is it? I think it's called Bellevue, Idaho. I'm not quite sure where that is up in Idaho. But last week he posted, remember last week LeBron James posted and then deleted a tweet containing a photo of the police officer who shot and killed the young teenager in, um, in Cleveland, in Ohio, with a message, you're next. Even if you put aside the obvious problem that having a big star sent out to millions of people and endangering the life of a police officer, the problem remains that LeBron James is assuming the shooting itself was an injustice. He thinks like that all the time, okay? Well, this police officer up in Idaho decided to uh, mock him a little bit by doing his own video in dealing with LeBron James if he was called to an emergency. Listen to what this cop did. Dispatch, I've arrived at that disturbance. We have LeBron call my cell phone right away, please. Thank you. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. No, can you put the knife down, please, sir? Sir, no, 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 sir, don't stab it. No, no, stop stabbing. Stop. Oh, hold on. Hold on. It's LeBron. LeBron, hey, yeah, it's me again. Listen, I'm out here at this disturbance call, and there's a guy trying to stab another guy with a knife. What do you think I should do? Why does that matter? Okay, uh, well, they're both black. One guy's trying to stab another guy with a knife. Deadly force is completely justified. Uh-huh. I see. So you don't care if a black person kills another black person, but you do care if a white cop kills a black person, even if he's doing it to save the life of another black person? I mean, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but then again, you are really good at basketball, so I guess I'll take your word for it. All right. Yep. Okay. All right. Thanks, LeBron. Uh Michael Jordan's the GOAT. What? Nothing. I gotta go. Sorry, guys. You're on your own. Good luck. (laughs) I just thought that that was hilarious. This police officer mocking LeBron James, pretending he's on a call where two people are about to stab each other. He calls LeBron, asks for his advice. And he says, you know, LeBron, you're a great basketball player, so you basically know everything, so what would you advise me to do? And he basically, you know, mocked him and saying, well, leave him alone. And he said, sorry, guys, can't interfere. I'm driving away and going on duty. The officer's name is uh, Nate Sylvester, and uh, he has now been suspended from the Bellevue, Idaho Police Department for that. Uh, He was in uniform. He was in his car. But as he said, hey, I was, you know, it was my time off. I wasn't doing anything officially at that time. But he has been suspended because uh, a number of complaints have apparently come in as a result of that. By the way, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I think the GoFundMe uh, site has been set up for this officer to uh, cover the cost of uh, lost revenue, lost money, since he has been suspended. And... uh, they have raised about $75,000 to help them out. So I just kind of find that interesting. All right, phones are open to you. It is a Thank Rod, it's Friday. A lot to talk about that today. We could talk about that. I thought that was hilarious. I, I would really like to get your reaction as well today, uh, among other things that we talked about this week, to the conversation I had just about an hour ago with Jared Whiteley. He's a political columnist, and he wrote a scathing article about Utah Governor Spencer Cox, and he basically called him, um, Utah's version of Neville Chamberlain. Now, those of you who know your history out there understand who Neville Chamberlain is. If you don't, Neville Chamberlain was the British Prime Minister who basically told Adolf Hitler he could have Europe, and uh, and that's exactly what Hitler did. Well, Jared Whiteley says, you know, the conservative majority here in the state of Utah uh, has to look with jealousy 
at other state parties who are finding the iron to push back against the Biden administration. And we're talking like Tate Reeves in Mississippi, Ron DeSantis, Greg Abbott, Christy Nome. And he says, we wish we had a governor like that who would stand up for what we believe in. But instead, he says, Spencer Cox is Utah's version of Neville Chamberlain. Said he's a weak governor and claims he wish he would have a stronger backbone and stand up to efforts on the part of the left to continue to infiltrate the state of Utah. And that's what he believes in. So we can get your reaction to that as well. Of course, the state Republican convention is coming up tomorrow. All right. Thank God it's Friday. Lines are open to you. 888-5708010. On your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, to the phones we go. We begin tonight with Will, who's in Kearns tonight. Will, how are you? Welcome to the Rod Arquette Show. I'm good. Thanks for taking my call, Rod. You are welcome. What's on your mind tonight, Will? I just wanted to point out, uh, and it's, you know, it's kind of a, a hypocrisy. So with the travel ban now in place for India, how the media has been absolutely dead silent with President Biden closing the border to those flights. When a year ago, when President Trump closed the border to China, how he was lambasted by the corporate media and being xenophobic. And they're not saying anything about President Biden doing that. Well, it, it, I wonder it, if anybody's kind of caught that. Well, it shouldn't surprise this, should it? Will I mean, there no. is there is no doubt that uh, the media is in Joe Biden's hip pocket. They aren't going to do anything to make Joe Biden look bad. They aren't going to criticize him. They're going to throw softball questions at his way. I mean, it shouldn't surprise us. It's sad. It's not the way the media should be. But I think it's very, very sad. And I agree with you. I find it interesting as well. Anyway, I just thought it was kind of funny that uh, funny, but expected that that would be the case. Yeah, yeah, kind of interesting. All right, Will, thank you. Appreciate you calling. Let's go to uh, Tim, who's in Murray tonight, here on the Rod Arquette Show, and thank Rod is Friday. Tim, how are you? Welcome to the show. Hello, Tim. Yeah, have I got you there, Tim? Maybe I don't. Maybe I lost him. All right, we'll try. There he is right there. All right, now let me try it. Tim, go ahead. Welcome to the Rod Arquette Show. Thanks for joining us, Tim. Oh, hi. Um, Spencer Cox is an administrator, not a leader. He is what Thomas Paine calls a summer soldier and a sunshine patriot. We, the Republican Party, needs leaders. Ron DeSantis is a leader. Chrissy Nome's a leader. The governor of Texas is a leader. We have too many sunshine patriots in the Republican Party, not only in the state of Utah, but back in Washington. We are losing the country. We're losing our state. We don't get to be nice guys anymore. Well, but, but let me hold, let me ask you this question, Tim. Um, don't Utah like, uh, voters like nice guys? Well, if they do, then we better wake up because we're about we're losing our state. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, uh, you know, Cox. I, I, I'm sorry. You can't. I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, if you've got other callers, I could go down a list of several things that I think Spencer Cox should have been a leader on, and the Utah legislature should have been a leader, should have had some leadership. But we don't, we can't be nice guys. We can't be summer soldiers. Yeah, good point. All right, Tim, I I don't disagree with you. I wish he would have stood up and would stand up for a few more things like Christy Nome and DeSantis and Greg Abbott and uh, Tate Reeves are doing in their states. And I wish Utah, I mean, we're a conservative state, at least I thought we were. 
don't believe that as much anymore, but we need to fight against those things that we believe are, you know, important to us here in the state of Utah. And I'm not sure he's doing it right now. Derek is in Saratoga Springs tonight. Derek, how are you? Welcome to the Rod Arquette Show. I'm doing well, Rod. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for taking my call. All right. You're welcome. Go ahead. So I just wanted to make the comment on what you said about other people with, with Governor Cox. I was actually made the same comment to my wife the other day. I said, uh, out of almost like a, what, a little uh, admiration for some of these other governors that have the backbone to stand up and are transparent, I said, how, how do we get stuck with another guy? How, how come we can't get somebody like Ron DeSantis or somebody that, that can run for governor and is transparent and speaks their mind? And I mean, that's why President Trump... Uh, resonated with so many people is because we are tired of, you know, your your typical politician and, and the politeness and the attitude, and that's fine. I, I really just want somebody who stands up for our values and isn't just going to throw us to the wolves. You know, uh-huh. Speak your mind. We're all, there's a button, like you said, there's there's other themes beyond. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Um, I can't remember what you had mentioned. There's other topics and other uh, things that we would appreciate Governor Cox to stand up well, Derek, it sounds like you want more of a fighter, and I, 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 don't know, I don't know if Spencer Cox is that type of politician. He seems to be a politician who wants to bring unity about, and I, I don't get yeah. a sense he's that much of a fighter, is he? He's a peacemaker, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the Lord says you can yeah, bless peacemakers. Like nobody's wrong, nobody's wrong, let's, yep. you know, everybody <laughs> calm down. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like, nobody has to be wrong, let's just do things that, you know, our right. common sense. Yeah. I feel like we've lost our common sense. Yeah. All right, Derek. Thank you. Appreciate your phone call. All right. More of your calls coming up. 888-570-8010. 888-570-8010. On your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, it is Thank Rod. It's Friday, and we invite you to give us a call and let off a little steam if you need to today. All right. I've got a message for you right now from the Utah Coronavirus Task Force. Utah County, the health department there, has 7,000 COVID-19 vaccine appointments this week available in Spanish Fork, Provo, American Fork. So if you haven't scheduled your vaccine yet, 
your appointment, all you do is go to healthevents.utahcountyoneword.gov. That's healthevents.utahcounty.gov. Utah providers are now assuming offering the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine. Administration of the vaccine was put on hold for a week to allow the FDA and CDC time to investigate reports of a rare, treatable type of blood clot. More than 8 million doses of the J&J vaccine have already been administered here in the United States, and only 15 people reported experiencing blood clots. Nearly 77,000 J&J doses have been administered here in Utah with no reports of blood clots among those patients. There have been no reports of blood clots with the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine as well. More than 2 million doses of those vaccines have been administered here in the state of Utah. If you want to find out more, go to... But don't take our word for it. Listen to Luna Talks with Anna Paulina every Friday on iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank God it's Friday. It's Friday. Thank God it's Friday. The Rod Arquetio here on Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. We're an iHeartRadio station. And yes, it is Thank Rod It's Friday. So our lines are wide open to you tonight to talk about whatever is on your mind. 888-570-8010. On your cell phone, you can dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod. We make it very, very easy. When you dial pound 250, make sure you say, hey, Rod. If you say, hey, and forget Rod, or say Rod and forget Hey, you won't be able to get through. So make sure you say Hey, Rod. All right, let's go back to the phones. We begin in Orem tonight with Kemp. Kemp, how are you? And welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Hey, I'm Hey, Rod. Yeah. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Same to you, sir. Hey, hey it was just a little update about uh, Nate Sylvester's GoFundMe page. It looks <laughs> like he's up to two hundred and twenty-eight thousand dollars raised now. <laughs> Holy Toledo, two hundred twenty-eight thousand dollars. Wow, that's right. And and he's uh, he's gone beyond himself now and is donating some of that to a charity that's the First Responders Children's uh, Association to help other families and children who have lost their loved ones as first responders and to help families that are in similar, similar situations as he is. He's yeah. In. Yeah. Should he so be, that's great. He's donating. Yeah. Should he be in trouble? Do you think I, you see, I thought it was, I thought it was very funny. I don't think there was any, I, well, it could have been a little mean, but I thought it was very funny. <laughs> it was hilarious, especially how he, he, he got the little Michael Jordan's the goat. So I love that. Yeah, it was great. What's the number again? Two hundred twenty-eight thousand. Two hundred twenty-eight thousand. Wow, northward of that. Wow, that's amazing. It's awesome. All right, all right, Kim. Thank you. Uh, if you aren't aware, we're talking about the uh, Idaho police officer. His name is Nate Sylvester. He's in Bellevue, Idaho. I'm not quite sure that where that is. I used to live in Idaho, but he mocked LeBron James in a viral video. If you haven't heard it, maybe we'll play it here again for you in a few minutes. It's pretty funny, but uh, he's been suspended. There was a GoFundMe page set up for him, and guess what? As Kemp just shared with us, $228,000 on that thing right now. All right, let's go back to the phones. Let's go to uh, David, who's in South Jordan tonight here on Thank Rod. It's Friday. David, how are you? Welcome to the show. Okay, thank you, Rod. Um, I wanted to just mention the first time I became upset with Governor Cox, it was while he was governor-elect. It was after the election, and uh, President Trump was still fighting into the court system. And the state of Texas had uh, had a court 
case going to the Supreme Court, and a bunch of the states around the country were joining in, and our Attorney General, Sean Ray, has joined mm-hmm. that suit uh, supporting Texas before the U.S. Supreme Court. And both Governor Herbert and Governor-elect Cox both came out and greatly criticized Sean Reyes for joining that. I remember that, yeah. I really upset me because I thought I was so grateful that uh, our attorney general had joined that suit. So that was the first time I saw Governor Cox. Man, he's not, certainly not a MAGA Republican, and I'm not sure how much of a Republican he even is. Yeah. All right, David, thank you. Appreciate your phone call. Let's go to uh, Michelle, who's in American Fork tonight. Uh, Michelle, welcome to Thank Rod, It's Friday. Thank you for taking my call. I sure appreciate it. You are welcome. Um, I guess what's been on my mind lately is, I don't, maybe it's just me, but I am up to my eyebrows with the COVID restrictions and the back and forth as to whether or not we should continue to employ some of these restrictions. The vaccine is now available to anyone over age 16 that wants to get it. And there are appointments that are readily readily available for people all across the state. Mm -hmm, I -hmm. think it's time to finally say enough is enough. Let us take off the masks. Let us go back to normal. Let us have some semblance of a normal summer and kind of move forward. I feel like being forced to wear these masks, being forced to continue on as though the vaccine isn't available, as though the vaccine doesn't exist, it doesn't allow us to move forward. It doesn't allow us to put this pandemic behind us. And that makes no sense to me whatsoever. It doesn't to me either, Michelle, and I I totally agree with you. And I was upset with, you know, I don't know if you heard the start of the show today, but here's Joe Biden saying, you know, he's going to continue wearing a mask, even outside if he's in a large group of people, because he thinks it's the patriotic thing to do. For crying out loud, how much more patriotic do we need to be like we've been in the last year? (laughs) Right, Michelle? I mean, we've done everything we've been asked to do. We have the vaccines now. Many of us have them. I have them. I've had both shots, and I'm now immune to it. Um, And I don't want to wear a mask anymore. I want to go to a movie theater with a lot of people in the theater. I want to go to a ball game with a lot of people in the ball game and none of them wearing masks. I'm as sick of it as you are, Michelle. Oh, yeah. I'm ready to be able to send my kids to school without packing masks in their backpack. I'm ready to be able to go out to dinner without having to sit in my car for 15 minutes until I can walk in socially distanced from everybody. I'm just over it. We've done it for a year, and when it was necessary, I understood the rationale behind it, but there is no rationale behind it now. Not anymore. There's no logic behind it. Not anymore. All right, Michelle, thank you. And I think what you just heard Michelle say, how many of you agree with her out there? We are tired of this. The vaccines are readily available now. What was it? Abby had a story today. I think it's up in Davis County where you don't even need to set up an appointment anymore if you want to get a vaccine. I mean, they're available. Go get them. If you choose not to get one, that's fine. I think herd immunity is developing rapidly around here. We're, I, I think the I think Utahns, and I think a lot of Americans, 
are done with this. We're over it. You know, we're ready to deal with it, more so now than we ever have been. Yet we continue to be told we have to wear a mask. Don't get it. 888-570-8011. But don't take our word for it. Listen to Luna Talks with Anna Paulina every Friday on iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank Rod. It's Friday. Thank Rod. It's Friday. All right. Welcome back to Thank Rod. It's Friday on this Friday. That's when we do Thank Rod. It's Friday. Last day of the month. Can you believe that? We're already into May. Starting tomorrow. Great to be with you tonight. 888-570-8010 or on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod. Let's go back to the phones tonight. And we begin in South Jordan with David tonight here on the Rod Arkencho. David, how are you? And welcome to Thank Rod. It's Friday. Good. How are you, Rod? I'm great. David, what's on your mind tonight? So we're just over a year into uh, two, two weeks to flatten the curve. I don't need to wait for Dr. Fauci, the CDC, or the government to tell me it's okay to live my life without a mask on and all this nonsense. If you're still waiting around for the government to tell you it's okay to live your life, we've lost our freedoms. It's time for people to stand up and, and, and say, I'm not doing this anymore. Don't wait for the government to say it's okay. We need to take our freedoms back and say we're done with it. Hey. Because our family, our family has been done with it. We're the only ones that go to church with no masks on. I'm, I'm, I'm disheartened and, and upset by the lack of, uh, of backbone for people to stand up and, and take off the mask and say, I'm not doing it anymore. Has anyone at church let's, let's, has anyone to, at church told you you got to put a mask on, David? Nobody has. Really, really good for but you. They, but but I I feel I feel judged. <laughs> you know, they look at me like you should have it on. But I had last week uh, some people behind us say we should be like you and and not wear the mask. How do you do it? And I said you just don't put a mask on. <laughs> you take it off. That's how you do it. Or you don't put one exactly. on to begin with. All right, David, thank you. Let's go to Jason, who's in the Cash Valley tonight here on the Rod Arquette Show. Jason, how are you? Welcome to Thank Rod. It's Friday. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.
I'm good. Go Thanks ahead. Go ahead. You know, I'm, I, I agree with the, the things that have been said so far tonight about uh, Governor Cox not having basically a spine to stand up to big government and the things that are coming down the pipe. Um, one of the things I'm most frustrated with, I'm a teacher, and uh, seeing the kids walk around the halls, they try, they, they're not wearing masks. They're not. Most of them don't wear them anyway. And, and the fact is, nobody's getting sick. But on top of that, we, we've been testing kids year in and year out this year to test whether or not they have COVID. Well, in the last month, we've had out of, uh, out of our district probably uh, 2,500 kids tested at a week at a time. And, and zero to one or two kids will have it. And we have, we're still going to do it. And on top of that... $40 million is going to be mm, wasted mm, next year testing, mm. testing kids for a virus that doesn't affect them at all. 40? Great. Teachers, go get your, go $40 million. You'll look it up, find out about it. Wow. It, we're we're, we're going to waste, we're going to waste educational money that could be spent for the benefit of the kids. Pay for another teacher. Let, let you know, lower the mm-hmm, classroom mm-hmm. sizes, things like that. And, and, and people don't know about this. People do not know. This has already been passed. They're going to, they've, they've sent the money down the pipe. They're going to do it next year. They're going minutes. to test our kids. They're going to test our kids for COVID vaccine, for COVID infection um, this next year over and waste money. Waste it. Yeah, that's for sure. All right. They were like $40 million. wonder if that's part of the COVID relief efforts coming from the federal government or what, wherever it's coming from. That money could be, and, and next year, by this time next year, and I'm talking about this fall, folks. I think COVID-19 is going to be a thing of the past. There still may be remnants. We may never be able to get rid of this thing. But we know how to live with it now, and I agree with all the callers today who said it's time to move on with life. Amen to that. All right, more of your calls coming up. It is Thank Rod. It's Friday, 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010, or on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod. Now, it, it's as the, the years have gone by, me and my wife, we find each other agreeing now more than we ever did when we first got married. Did you find that? You may find that now. Find out that now that the older you get, the longer you've lived with each other, you tend to agree with each other a little bit more. We didn't at first, but one thing we have always agreed upon is our financial future and what needs to be done to protect us and our family and our home for retirement. And if you haven't had someone like that or have thought about that, may I suggest you reach out to the fiduciaries at Trajan Wealth. You know, 2020 was a tough year. You know, it may have impacted your 401k. It may have impacted uh, your Social Security, maybe even your job. Well, if you want to get back on track, attracted success, reach out to the team at Trajan Wealth. If we've learned anything from 2020, it is that life is very unpredictable, and that's why you need to get your finances in order. Don't go it alone. Don't run out money in your retirement fund because you're too stubborn to talk to somebody. Go speak with a great team at Trajan Wealth. Set up an appointment today. They're following all the CDC guidelines. 801-899-7600. 801-899-7600. Or online at Trajan Wealth. And sell your car as well. It's 
It is Thank God It's Friday coming up at 6 o'clock. Why does Joe Biden want to be FDR? I hope he took a look at his economic record before the war broke out in 1941 because it wasn't really uh, fantastic. We'll talk about that coming up in the uh, 6 o'clock hour. Back to the phones right now on this Thank Rod is Friday. Let's go to uh, Doug, who's in Draper tonight, here on the Rod Arquette Show on Thank Rod is Friday. Doug, how are you, and welcome to the show. Well, how are you, Rod? I'm doing great, Doug. Thank you. You know, I wanted to comment on the masks. Uh, The other gentlemen that were on are absolutely right, but I think we should take it to another level. I think on July 4th, we should stand up and declare our independence from masks. <laughs> Burn them all, mail Fauci the ashes, and say we've had enough. I would love to see an event, Doug, by the way, where we would all gather in one place, create this big old pile of masks, and just have a big old bonfire and roast marshmallows over them. How does that sound? Yeah, uh-huh. you know, and if we refuse to wear them, the, the, the signs in the stores would come down. They want our money. They'll yeah, forget they'd... about the math. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. All right, Doug, thank you. Let's go to uh, James, who's in, uh, where is it, Pleasant Grove tonight here on the Rod Arquette Show. Hi, James, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Rod? I'm great. Your thoughts tonight, James? Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate you being a voice for those of us who think similarly. I think... Utah is made up of a number of people, the majority of people who have these same types of beliefs. I appreciate the voice there. About Governor Cox and leadership, I think most of us listening are very impressed with some of the other governors of these other states who are taking a leadership role in fighting for independent states' rights and being leaders in terms of state government. One crazy thought I wanted to throw out, uh, I own a company, I have a family, I have teenagers. A lot of people that I associate with, we all wonder, where is the leadership from Governor Cox? I don't think I'm alone in that, as evidenced by the calls that you've had prior to this. Crazy thought. The only thing I can come up with is this. Perhaps the church, the Latter-day Saint church, might be a little voice in the governor's ear right now, not wanting to attract attention to our state. Maybe Hmm. not wanting to Hmm. attract attention to Antifa, BLM, other groups that potentially could target churches, temples, because... The rest of the country typically thinks of Utah as a Mormon state. So if the governor of the state comes out and says, hey, we're anti-this, anti-that, anti-vaccine, anti-mask, potentially we could be a target, and churches around the country or temples around the country could be a target of these really crazy left-wing groups. Now, that may be totally off-base, but I wouldn't be surprised if the church and its leadership is kind of in the governor's ear saying, look— Let's play this easy. We're going to do the right thing, but we can't be bold. We can't be in people's faces about this because it will attract the wrong kind of attention to the LDS Church. Crazy thought. I just wanted to share it with you. Well, well thank you for sharing it. I don't know. Well, it, it, okay, it may be a crazy thought. Who knows? But it's an interesting thought. It, it is. I Here's my take uh, on Spencer Cox. Spencer Cox is a nice guy, and I think Spencer Cox wants to be a different type of politician. You know, and what I don't understand is that Spencer Cox is the governor in a conservative state. Maybe not as conservative as we think, even though sometimes I I still think there are a lot of really strong conservative people in this state. And if Governor Cox wanted to stand up to the Biden administration the way other governors around the country have, for crying out loud, Christy Noem sued 
the Biden administration today over the fact that they won't allow her state to have fireworks over Mount Rushmore on July 4th. I mean, that's the type of governor we're looking for. But I'm not sure if that's what the type of governor Spencer Cox wants to be. I think he wants to be a different politician. But he doesn't realize if he took strong conservative stands the way other governors around the country have, I don't think he realizes the number of people who would be behind him. Maybe they wouldn't be. You're going to get heat. But take it, because I think you've got a lot of people in Utah who would be behind you. Back to the phones we go. Let's talk with Ron, who's in Granite tonight. Ron, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I only need about 20 seconds, and I hate to change this subject, but I came through the airport twice in the last two months, and what a joke. A mile to 1.3 miles from the curb to Southwest Terminal. Last night when I came in, I talked to the captain. He says it's a little over a mile from where we parked the plane to the curb. They have no shuttles. There was no wheelchairs to help the elderly last night. This place is a joke. There's not one person I've talked to that likes going to a gate at the Salt Lake International Airport. All right, Ron, thank you. Appreciate your call. I have heard that. I have not been to the airport, the new airport. It looks fantastic. But that's the one complaint I hear from people all the time. I haven't flown in or out of the airport as of yet, but it is a very, very long walk. I'm not sure why they designed it that way, if they're looking at future growth, what's involved in all of this. But, that that you know, it's a beautiful airport from what I'm told. I'm, like I said, I haven't been in it yet. But the one complaint I hear from a lot of people is once you check in, walking to your gate takes forever. Kind of interesting, isn't it? All right. Uh, all right. We got a lot to come in the in our number uh, three of the Rod Arquette show. Uh, Joe Biden, a lot of the, the media is doing everything they can to compare Joe Biden to FDR. Maybe they shouldn't do that. We'll explain coming up. Our number three on its way right here on Utah's Talk Radio 105. Solutions Radio. Now on Saturdays at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. We are live, we're local, and of course everywhere with you on the iHeartRadio app. It is our number three of the Rod Arquette Show on this Thank Rod It's Friday. Thanks for joining us this afternoon as we get you ready for a, a weekend. Boy, the weather like this this weekend be great, but I don't think it's going to hold all weekend, but we'll take it while it's here, right? All right, a lot to get to this hour. Why does Joe Biden want to become the next FDR? We're going to explore that here in just a minute. Also, a little bit later on, more and more stakes are jumping on the bandwagon to stop the critical race theory curriculum being introduced into their schools. I wish Utah would do the same thing. We'll talk about that. And don't forget our Listen Back Friday segments coming your way at the uh, bottom of the hour. So another busy hour coming your way as we get ready for the weekend. Buck Sexton, don't forget, coming your way at the uh, top of the next hour here on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know. All right. Well, the president spoke to the nation this week and unveiled more spending, more taxes in his first 100 days. Let's say if everything gets approved... And only a portion has been approved so far. He wants to spend $6 trillion, raise taxes on the rich to build back better, as he said, America, which I think is in fine shape right now. Now, the new $1.8 trillion plan to expand the safety net is just more Keynesian spending on steroids. 
Along with the $2.3 million infrastructure boondoggle, it brings, as I mentioned, $6 trillion, the amount that he wants to spend. Now, not surprisingly, there are a lot in the media who are now comparing Joe Biden to FDR. Remember, a few months ago, he met with some historians and talked about how he could transform America. And they talked to him about FDR and about LBJ. Well, joining us on our Newsmaker line to talk about this idea is Terry Jones, editor of Issues and Insight, writing about that this weekend. Terry, thanks for joining us tonight. Why do you think Joe Biden wants to be the next FDR, Terry? I think it's because... uh he really doesn't have an identity of his own to sell. Um, I mean, he's been uh, such a chameleon for his near 40 years in uh, public office as a senator that I, I think he needs to anchor his image to something. I mean, earlier they, they tried that he was the new LBJ, and now all of a sudden he's the new FDR, and they're trying to, to I think, anchor him in an earlier tradition that many Americans think was uh, much better than it actually was. And when you go back and actually look at the history, uh, these, these were not the best presidents, uh, especially in terms of economics. Well, let's talk about FDR, because a lot of people view him as one of the country's greatest presidency, greatest presidents, mostly because of what he did in, in leading America through World War II. But prior to that, what did his record look like? His, re- his record was, in fact, abysmal. Uh, it was very poor. Uh, nominal GDP did not get back to the level it was in 1929 until the 1940s. So we essentially had 11 years of zero growth. Uh, unemployment didn't get below 20% until the 40s. Uh, actually, in, the late, uh, in the, the late 30s, it actually dipped to 15%. Um, but uh, you know, we 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 that the 1930s were a lost decade, and he did program after program after program that was supposed to cure this problem, and none of them, of course, worked, and and several of them were declared unconstitutional. Why didn't they work? What what did he do wrong? Uh, as economists look back at the FDR years prior to World War II, what did he do wrong? Well, there are a number of things they they did wrong. For for one thing, they thought they could simply mandate prices and wages, and that the economy uh, the economy would uh, just accept that and would not adjust accordingly. So they declared that you know they they did everything they could to force prices up. They forced up the price of labor by uh, by actually compelling businesses and uh, unions to get together and collude, and to uh, hire more workers than they needed. And so what, it, what ended up happening is uh, if you had a job, you were pr- probably in good shape. But well, if you didn't, you couldn't afford anything. Well, what was his relationship like with business in America during those years uh, in was, the 1930s? It was a, a extremely paternalistic, and, and some would even say, and I, I, I hesitate to use this word because it sounds so strong, but it was uh, fascistic, and there were el- definite elements of 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 that uh, strain of thinking in his thought uh his his own uh his own assistant uh rex uh, rexford tugwell uh traveled to italy and said hey these guys under benito mussolini are doing many of the same things we're doing right now this is wonderful so i mean there it was a, it was a form of governmental paternalism where the government told you what to do you joined business groups that uh, basically colluded with one another to set prices and to, to establish markets. 
this was how the the economy worked they thought but it didn't work and it, and it, and it shows up in the numbers in in watching biden's speech i get a sense the theme i saw last night uh terry was you know we have a crisis and here's an opportunity to expand government to help us get out of this crisis is it fair to compare the pandemic to what the country was going through during the depression and did fdr take that that same approach here we have a crisis now I have an opportunity to expand government and to help the country get out of this. Are they kind of the similar approaches? Yeah, they're very similar approaches. Uh, with the, the one exception uh, is that uh, the, the recovery that we are now enjoying uh, began in the third quarter of last year, and we actually have a, have a, a sound, very solid economic recovery thanks to the things that uh, – Donald Trump did last year, uh, and it's it's ongoing. Uh, we got you know six, over six percent GDP growth in the first quarter. That had nothing to do with uh, uh, Joe Biden, by the way. Joe Biden wasn't even in office for a third of that quarter, so it has nothing to do with that. And his his program wasn't passed until two weeks before the end of the quarter, so it couldn't it couldn't be anything having to do with that. So we were already in in a strong recovery, but. In, in uh, Roosevelt's case, they too were in a recovery, but it wasn't quite as strong. But he, he you know, he, I think, uh, thought he was going to make uh, things look really good uh, by, uh, you, know, you know, passing mm-hmm, uh, new mm-hmm, laws, mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, uh, NRA, the National Recovery Act, uh, things of that sort. Um, and and they were later, as as I mentioned earlier, they were later found to be unconstitutional because, in essence, they transferred control of the private sector to the government, and it didn't work, and it never works. And that, uh, you know, uh, President Biden's own plan uh, is, in essence, a, a a sort of a knockoff of that. He's trying to spend as much money as possible to build in a huge amount of spending into the government. And as we know, once the government spends something, it never shrinks back. <laughs> yeah, no. We were promised that during, during the Obama years. Oh, once, once we're, we're through this rough patch, we'll go back to our regular size. It never happened, and it never will happen. That's why I'm so alarmed right now. He's already approved some $8 trillion in programmatic spending. $8 trillion. I mean, that's twice as much as we've ever spent in a year before. It's just outrageous. Is it going to be impossible, final question for you, Terry, is it going to be impossible to convince the American people that this mirage they have about FDR being an economic savior is simply that? It's a mirage. It really didn't happen. Yeah, the, the only way you can do it is you can continue to repeat it uh, and, and, and to show the numbers. And the numbers are very, you know, the numbers are very real and they're very striking. There was no economic growth during the 30s. There uh, was barely any uh, unemployment relief. We went from 25% to above, still above 15% and close to 20% by the end of the decade. So n- none of the main major indicators that you would take as, uh, you know, as showing some sort of, of economic recovery were in place by then. And so you're hoping that if you repeat this often enough, and you use the numbers and the data. These are official data. These are not numbers we've made up or, or manipulated in any way. That people will get the message. And uh, there's plenty. There are plenty of, of, you know, 
works out there that have been done on the on the New Deal and on the 1930s Depression era that show this to be true, that his policies were ineffectual, they didn't work, and to the extent that we mimic them today, we will have uh, the same result. Terry Jones, editor of Issues and Insights, joining us on our Newsmaker line, talking about Joe Biden being the next FDR. We hope not. All right, more coming up on the Rod Arquette Show and Utah's Talk Radio. But don't take our word for it. Listen to Luna Talks with Anna Paulina every Friday on iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show. You know, it's been a busy news week again. The uh, Census Bureau, what was it, Monday or Tuesday, maybe even on Wednesday, released their uh, initial numbers as far as the uh, the population is concerned and the shifts that are taking place. There are several states that are going to be losing congressional districts, including the two big ones, California and New York, will each lose one. And uh, Texas will pick up two, and I believe Florida will pick up one, if not two, as well, as memory serves. But, of course, so we'll talk about that. Utah, for the first time, will have an independent commission working to decide how we divvy up the uh, voters in the various districts. We'll talk about that coming up on our Listen Back Friday segments at the uh, bottom of the hour. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is now leading an effort by congressional Republicans that is demanding the Biden administration stop proposed changes to public school curriculum, all being based on the 1619 Project. They're criticizing it for suggesting the American Revolution was fought to do nothing more than secure slavery. Oklahoma voted to ban teaching of critical race theory in its public schools. Idaho, a few days ago, voted to ban it. They're just awaiting the governor's signature there. Well, the administration is trying to bring this into the curriculum very, very quietly. Well, maybe not so quietly. Joining us on our Newsmaker line to talk more about it is Jonathan Butcher. Jonathan is a senior policy analyst at the Heritage Foundation and their Center for Education. Jonathan, thank you very much for uh, joining us this evening. I mentioned Oklahoma, but I've also mentioned Idaho. Are more and more states going to follow the trend being set by Idaho, do you believe, Jonathan? Yes, there are a number of states where lawmakers are considering what is being taught, and more importantly, what is being applied in the classroom. Because it's one thing to talk about an issue, right? Like most people read the Communist Manifesto in their humanities sequence, right, in high school or college. But it's something else to tell students that they should treat people differently based on their skin color or that they should, you know, advocate for revolution to overthrow the American government. Jonathan, is the Biden administration quietly trying to sneak this theory and discussion of this theory into the curriculum in many schools around the country? Are they trying to do that by kind of hanging out some money out there if you incorporate it into your curriculum? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. 
The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. No, they're not doing it quietly. They're doing it uh, <laughs> loudly. <laughs> they have introduced a rule uh, most recently through the Department of Education that would give uh, grant applicants points for uh, grant awards if they use critical race theory. Uh, this is a, a relatively small grant program that we're talking about here uh, where history and civics teachers would apply for money to, to teach those subjects, but it makes critical race theory a part of federal education law. It makes it a part of the Elementary and Secondary Education Act. So, you know, this is inserting the worldview into the largest K-12 federal law. How does a parent, or how do parents find out if, in fact, critical race theory is being taught to their students? I mean, do parents understand what it is, first of all, and then how do they find out if it's being taught in their schools? Yeah, that's a good question. No, I don't think enough people know what it is. I think what parents can do is look for what their school district has done in the name of, quote, equity. Oftentimes, districts, especially in the past year, have released statements on equity or diversity and inclusion or something like that. And the statements will say that uh, America is systemically racist or that our society is systemically racist and oppresses people based on the color of their skin. And the truth is that by law, it is illegal to treat someone differently according to the color of their skin, uh, sex, or nation, uh, nation of origin, right? Mm -hmm. That was done in the 60s. And so for some reason... We are now replaying the 60s again and having this conversation about whether or not the federal government is oppressive, when by law that's illegal. I think what's going on is that racism does exist because we live in a pluralistic society. It's a sad fact of humanity, and we should stop it at every opportunity. But that does not mean that as a nation, our government is oppressive mm -hmm. or that as Americans, we are somehow irredeemably guilty of being racist. They're two very different things. Yeah, I was going to ask you, but don't teachers have a responsibility, a responsibility, Jonathan, to really help students understand different perspectives on controversial issues? And can they do that without critical race theory being involved in all of this? I, I would think they can, and they've done it for years. Oh, they yeah, they absolutely can. I mean, they've you know they've taught about the Civil War and slavery and uh, what it was like in the colonial era, era and before the Civil War for years, right? I mean, this is something that students should have been taught for a long, long time, and even more so, teachers should be teaching about the Jim Crow era. Uh, but you can do that while also saying that um, uh, anti-slavery politics originated in the United States. Right, Benjamin Franklin and the Quakers in Pennsylvania were some of the first abolitionists anywhere in the world. Um, not to mention that most of New England had banned slavery by the 19th century or had set plans to ban the slave trade. Right, so this is the kind of developed right 
and, and comprehensive discussion that we've got to have about race in the United States. You asked a great question in your uh, column in the Daily Signal today where you, you posed a question about asking parents how they would feel if their child came home from school and said their teacher had told of them that everything that happens in the world is racist and that she's part of the problem because of the color of her skin. <laughs> how does a parent deal with that, Jonathan? Well, for starters, I didn't just make that up. Uh, there is an article that is uh, recommended by Mich- uh, the governor of Michigan's Education Advisory Panel, where they uh, recommend an article that says uh, everything that happens is racist, and the only question is how much uh, racism was involved in any action. So I'm just I'm not just making that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so what are parents to tell their children? Well, I mean, I think you need to talk with them and say that we should treat everyone uh, according to. Uh, the way that they behave. We should treat people with kindness. We should treat them with the things that generations of families and uh, uh, Christians have said for for years now, right, that we should love our neighbor. We should bring ourselves to the point where we can even love our enemy, right? And uh, that that's what we should be aspiring to, not finding new ways to levy guilt at one another. Jonathan Butcher, he is a senior policy analyst at the Heritage Foundation, talking about critical race theory and what the administration is doing when it comes to introducing it into 7600. Or visit TrajanWealth.com. Guarantees are based on the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. All right, welcome back. Final half hour of the Rod Arquette Show with you on this Friday. It is Thank Rod, it's Friday, and we'll kick off our Listen Back Friday segments here in just a minute. But before we do that, I want to remind you, if you're looking for a fun event to go to this weekend, why not check out the Liberty United Festival? It will get underway tomorrow at 2 p.m. at Grove Park in Vineyard City, that's in uh, Utah County, they'll have food trucks, music, speakers, and local vendor booths. And what this is, like I said, Liberty United Festival. The organizers of this event are trying to bring people together to talk about the Constitution and to talk about their different views. It's not a one-sided event. They want to invite everybody. And again, that gets underway tomorrow, 2 o'clock, at the Grove Park in Vineyard City. That should be a fun event to go to tomorrow. All right. As I mentioned earlier, the uh, Census Bureau came out this weekend with its new numbers showing population shifts in the country, what states will lose or gain congressional districts. Here in the state of Utah, our population increased. We had the largest increase in the last 10 years. Our population grew by 18.4%. We added another half million people to it, but it did not give us enough to get a fifth congressional seat. So now we have four congressional seats, the two Senate seats, of course, and with the census coming in, it's now time for redistricting. We're doing it differently in Utah this year. Voters voted a couple of years ago to set up an independent commission to set up the district that then would be approved by lawmakers. The chairman of that commission, his name is Rex Facer, and he joined us on our Newsmaker line earlier this week. And I asked Rex, you've got COVID-19, you've got a presidential election, you had the state growing by leaps and bounds. With all those factors, what kind of challenges does the commission face this year? Uh, well, it's a significant challenge. One we you know, talked about in our meeting last night, that uh, our timeline is extremely compressed. We're normally... 
there might be six or seven months yet to, to work on this. We're essentially going to have about a month and a half uh, to get the really heavy lifting done. Uh, but uh, I'm confident uh, that uh, the good folks that we have uh, with input from the public will be able to do it. What is involved in the heavy lifting, as you described? I mean, what are some of the things you're going to have to be taking a look at, Rex? Well, you know, part of it is we have to balance you know, competing priorities. Uh, and that's the, that's the real challenge of redistricting. If it was just about drawing lines that, that get us equal population, that's a, you know, we could do that with a computer algorithm. But the real you know, challenge is making sure that you know, we pay attention to things like communities of interest, that we try not to split those, that we try not to split cities as much as possible. Uh, although some of that uh, will inevitably you know, come down to you know, trade-off decisions that, that will be hard uh, for us to make. And you're trying to do this and trying to, at the same time, as you develop these plans, Rex, they have to make make sense, don't they? I mean, you can't, like you said, divide a neighborhood in half. These have to make sense, and that's the biggest challenge, is it not? That's right. That's right. It's, it, it's making sure that when people look at it, they see that, that people that the commission has been thoughtful and is not simply you know, doing this in a way that is irrational or thoughtless. The fact that this is different is first time we've done this here in the state of Utah. How much pressure does that put on the commission? Um, well, uh, in, in some <laughs> ways, it's immense pressure, right? We're setting the you know, standard for how commissions will uh, you know, function in, in the future. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think the, the pressure is really just fundamental, our concern about the people of the state of Utah. And as I have talked with the commissioners, the sense that I get is that they really care about doing this in a way that the citizens are able to recognize that it was done fairly, engaging with the public, and at the end of the day, transparent. Do you get a sense, Rex, at this time that the public does want to get engaged in this process and are willing to give the commission a lot of input? Do you get a sense right now, is there, or is it too early to tell? Uh, well, in, in some ways, it's uh, always too early to, you know, to tell you know, how engaged the public are going to be, but we've gotten some signals. Uh, for example, on our first uh, you know, meeting, we had uh, 85 people or so that uh, had participated. Uh, our YouTube live video from last night's meeting has had uh, over 200 views. Uh, and uh, we're you know, hopeful uh, that you know, those will continue to escalate as we're able to get more and more publicity out and we start doing more substantive engagement with the public. Is the critical issue here by the sounds of it, Rex, to really be as transparent as you possibly can with the public so they know what was going on and how this all came about? That transparency issue is going to be a, is a big one right now, is it not? Yeah, the transparency issue it certainly is big, and it's kind of fundamental to the way the commission was structured. All of our meetings will be public. Uh, you know, we, we can't you know, discuss maps in, in, in private. Uh, and so our discussions you know, and our work really you know, had this uh, challenge. It, it, it challenge, I, I say, in the most positive sort of way, uh, to be uh, transparent in ways that we have never seen here in the state of Utah with redistricting. Yeah. Um you have a half million more people in the state now than we did in 2010. Does that raise issues as well, Rex? Yeah, it, it means that you know, we can't simply use the boundaries that we had uh, the last time uh, because the distribution of that you know, additional half million people is you know, different from the way the distribution of the population has been you know, historically. We mm -hmm. have more people down in St. George. We have more people in Utah County, for example. And that's going to you know, cause us to have to look carefully 
at where that population is to make sure that we're balancing uh, that growth and capturing it in a way that is fair across the state. Have you gone back uh, and taken a look at how other states have done this? Utah is using this independent commission for the first time, but other states have been using it at the past. Have you gone back to look at how other states have done this, and has that been helpful in any way, Rex? It has been very helpful. We've looked at a variety of states in places like Arizona, California, Michigan, uh, Washington, that have all, all have you know, commissions of uh, one you know, flavor or another. Uh, and uh, it has been very helpful as we've you know, tried to figure out you know, how do we structure you know, the commission, you know, how, how, who do we look for you know, for staff, what kinds of qualities and characteristics are, are we looking for. And so uh, you know, looking at to those other you know, places that already have some experience, it has really been enlightening for us. I noticed this comment in uh, one of the uh, media reports on this last night. I think it was from uh, State Senator Lyle Hilliard, who uh, basically said uh, trying to make the public happy is almost an impossible task. Do you think it's going to be impossible? <laughs> well, uh, I, I, on, on the one hand, uh, I, I think yeah, Senator Hilliard is, is right in that People only have to find one little thing that they don't mm-hmm, like about the mm-hmm, map to be mm-hmm, unhappy with. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think when people you know, see our work and and see the kind of totality of, of what we do, that they will be satisfied to, that we have gone through a fundamentally different process than has ever happened here in the state, and that it was fair, open, and transparent. And, and I think the, the public will be you know, pleased with that. Rex Facer, who is chairman of the Utah Redistricting Committee and also an associate professor at BYU, joining us on our Newsmaker line. And we present you as part of our Listen Back Friday segment, talking about the commission and the challenges. That's cdc.gov slash coronavirus. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. It's the Arquette Show. Hey, gang, how are you on this? Thank God it's Friday. Final segment for you tonight, and then we'll turn everything over to uh, Buck Sexton coming your way at the top of the hour. Okay, I tell you what, Carl Rove made a real interesting comment earlier this week when he was talking about Joe Biden and his new Green Deal out there. Biden thinks that the country can move away from fossil-based fuels and fossil-based energy and go to wind and solar. But Carl Rove earlier this week said that's fine, but the technology doesn't even exist to achieve those goals. As a matter of fact, Bill Gates even said that. So why do we continue to move in that direction? Well, earlier this week, we spoke with John Hinderreicher. He is with Powerline and talked about an article that he wrote about why wind and solar energy are doomed to failure. As we began our conversation with John, I asked him to explain what's going on. There's a lot of problems with so-called green energy. Uh, intermittency is the most obvious one. The solar, solar panels where I live uh, create electricity about 18% of the time. 82% of the time, they don't. Anywhere in the U.S., the, the best you're going to do with wind turbines is electricity about 40% of the time. So 60% of the time, you're burning natural gas. So, so that's a very familiar set of issues, but what a lot of people haven't focused on is the subject of this paper that my organization, Center of the American Experiment, just published last week, 
Uh, it's by Robert Bryce, who's a very, very well-known uh, energy expert. He's written a book and, and published a doc or put out a documentary that are just terrific. Mm-hmm. This paper is called "Not in Our Backyard," and and what it talks about is the land use issues, which which may be what ultimately just drives wind and solar out. And 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 so one one eye-opening fact from this report is that if we were actually going to try to power our entire electric grid with wind energy, which, of course, many politicians mm-hmm, claim they're going to do, the, the land that would be required for those, the wind turbines, the enormous number of wind turbines that would be, that would be needed, the land would be an area twice the size of the state of California. <laughs> <laughs> that bad, huh? Wait a minute. So there, is, there isn't enough room in Manhattan to put some wind turbines and help New York City, John? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Well, that good point. Good question. Yeah, so how about the Hamptons? There right? we go. There we go. Space. How about how about Marin County? Maybe we put a whole lot of wind turbines in Marin County. How about that? Well, no, of course not. That's that's not where they put the wind turbines. They put the wind turbines uh, in the midst of people who don't have that kind of clout. And that's the other thing that, that Robert talks about in this paper. Uh, people all across rural America have been rising up and objecting to these wind farm developments, often successfully. Robert has put together a database, which is linked to uh, off this paper on, on the AmericanExperiment.org website, of 300 instances around the United States from 2015 to the present where where townships, cities, counties, uh, states even, have successfully uh, opposed and either limited or completely uh, defeated uh, proposed wind energy uh, projects. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, where are you going to find an area twice the size in the state of California where, where people are going to, are going to put up with, uh, with having wind turbines looming over their houses? And there are some serious issues here. One, one thing that Robert talks about on the report is, is the constant noise and vibration have been a big problem for people who have to live in, you know, these wind turbines are as high as a 50-story building. Yeah, people yeah, don't realize, yeah, yeah. you know, if you see them from a distance, how huge these things are. And they constantly make noise when they're turning. Uh, and, and when they're turning, they, they're constantly vibrating. And that, 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 there have been health problems associated with this. It's a real issue. What about the transmission? Once the energy is produced, John, by these wind turbines, which apparently are out in the middle of nowhere, you see a lot of them up in Wyoming, by the way, and you'll drive by them occasionally. But then how do you get the energy from the wind turbine itself to the places that need it? You're going to need, I think, transmission lines, right? 240,000 miles of transmission lines. That's exactly correct. That's exactly right. That, that would double the total amount of, of uh, electric transmission lines we currently have in the United States. 240,000 miles. That's enough to go around the Earth 10 times to transport this hypothetical electricity from, from these wind farms that don't exist to the cities, the urban areas where the electricity would be, would be used. It's just the whole thing is unfeasible. And by the way, 
you sometimes read totally misleading headlines where people are saying, oh, wind energy is really cheap. It's really cheap. <laughs> well, it's cheap at the moment. It's cheap at the moment when, when the wind is blowing and, and the 40% of the time that it's actually producing electricity. But, but when they put out those numbers, they never include, they never include the full cost of even building those wind turbines, let alone the thousands of miles of transmission line. Those are always left out. And when they build these wind farms, because they only produce electricity 40% of the time, they quietly also build natural gas facilities, which, which take up the other 60% of the time. Well, they never include that cost. No, either. no. So a lot of what is said about the, the cost of wind and solar is just totally misleading. So why do, they per, why do the, the, the greenies out there persist that wind energy or solar energy are the answer to all our problems? Is it all about the money, John? Well, a lot of it's about the money. I mean, huge amounts of money are being made, uh, above all, by utilities. Uh, you know, the, the, the big utility here in Minnesota is, I think, the third biggest lobbyist in our state legislature, and they constantly lobby to be subjected to more green mm. mandates. Mm. They love green mandates because those mandates force them to... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.